It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. It's the age-old question under Kalani Satake. Will BYU's pass rush be up to snuff in year eight of his tenure? We're talking about that with Tyler Batty on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listener today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you once again for joining us here on the show. A lot to cover ahead on today's podcast, but as we've been doing uh, for the last two days in particular, we're going position group by position group, and you're ready for BYU fall camp opening up in just under two weeks. Two weeks from yesterday speaking of Monday, BYU will be reporting to Provo and obviously taking the field uh, midweek that week, August 1st or thereabouts, as they take the field for the first time in training camp. We talked yesterday about BYU's quarterbacks had a great chat with Keaton Slovis. If you missed that, you can go back and catch it. Uh, make sure, by the way, you're with us every single day. I talk about every day with us here. Thousands of you uh, don't miss the show but would love nothing more than for all of you to be the most informed BYU fan you possibly can be by not missing a show when it comes to this podcast. All right, so let's talk about flipping over to the defensive side of the football. As I mentioned in the open, I'm going to talk some BYU defensive ends. Obviously, BYU fans want nothing more than for BYU to have an elite pass rush, to be able to get after opposing quarterbacks, harass them, get sacked, strip uh, the ball out, get fumbles, turn the ball over, get the ball back for the offense, do all the stuff that BYU's defense seemingly has not done for the better part of at least the last two seasons. BYU's defense under Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb's leadership was far more passive than the new defense is going to be. They have promised, speaking of Jay Hill as BYU's defensive coordinator, that they will no longer suffer death by a thousand paper cuts. That is the term that he used about how he intends to go out and have his defense attack. Uh, He wants guys to get after the quarterback. He wants to unshackle, quote-unquote, the guys like Tyler Batty, who you're going to hear from here in a moment. But there's other guys in this defensive 
defensive end unit who are absolutely going to benefit from this new defensive philosophy. Now, before we talk about some of the individual players, let me also add this tidbit. I believe that BYU's base alignment is going to be a forward-down alignment, meaning there will be two defensive ends on the field at any given time. Are they going to be true out-and-out defensive ends? No, I don't think so. You're going to see them play more in the mold of having one who is a traditional hand-in-the-dirt defensive end. That's a guy like Tyler Batty, for example, who's got the size at 6'5", 270 pounds to be a true defensive end. I think the other end is going to be a hybrid player who's going to be more capable of, if they have to, put their hand in the dirt and play in a three-point stance, but also be able to rush the passer a two-point stance and even drop into coverage in certain alignments to help BYU's defense. This is going to be a defense that is not going to sit idly by and drop into a drop-eight formation play after play after play, even as an opposing team might be carving them up. That is not Jay Hill's philosophy. He will adjust in-game to make sure that BYU has the best opportunity to, as he says, attack the opposing offense. So expect to see that change in particular with BYU's defense. Is it going to be a wholesale change year one? I would hope so, because frankly, I'm not sure how much lower you could have sunk last year on BYU's defense. So the hope is this year they can kind of just wad up the ball of paper that was last season, say, you know what, that's in the past, toss it in the rubbish bin over there, light it on fire, and we're moving on to next year. That's what BYU's philosophy, I think, it should be. Now, with regards to players that I think are going to have a better opportunity this year for BYU defensive end, I actually look at this position group and think it's quite deep if everybody lives up to their potential. Now, that's obviously betting on guys being able to capitalize on what the God-given gifts that they have, but I think the two names we need to mention first off uh, start with Tyler Batty, as we've already mentioned, six foot five, two hundred and seventy-three pounds. I expect him to be a team captain this year for BYU, and you're going to hear from him one-on-one with myself here in just a moment. I had a great chance to catch up with him at Big Twelve Media Days last week, but he has got all of the ability to be an elite pass rusher and a true defensive end in every sense of the word for BYU if simply given the opportunity. The sad part is, is the past three seasons he's played for BYU to this point, he has been asked to do something that is kind of antithetical I'm using the right term uh, to what he is as a defensive end he's been asked to two gap, to hold up against the run, to not necessarily go one on one and get after the quarterback as often as he probably would have liked to have uh, been going after the quarterback but I expect him to have maybe his best season in a BYU uniform barring something unforeseen, meaning typically injury, which is something that really knocked him out early on in that 2020 season Season is he had a really, really good start to that 2020 campaign, as many of you might recall, coming off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, then got nicked up due to injury and never got back to that form and has just simply not been at that same level in the uh, two years since. Now, I hope that this year will be a different story for him. I think opposite him at that uh, hybrid defensive end role where you see a guy standing up is going to be a guy like Isaiah Banyan. Of course, the transfer in from Boise State, a native of Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, he is six foot four, two 235 pounds. Yes, that seems very skinny and light for a defensive end, but in this alignment that BYU is going to utilize, he will use that lightning quick ability, that first step he has developed during his time at Boise State and obviously coming out of the prep ranks up there in Canada to get after the opposing quarterback. This is a guy not that long ago was Boise State's leading sack artist in a season. He has got the ability to get after the quarterback, and BYU wants to see that in spades this year from a guy like Isaiah Banya. The nice part is 
both of these players, I think, will be the headliners, probably the day one starters for BYU at these positions. But I think that they have plenty of bodies behind them who are capable of stepping up should injury or obviously the need to get a blow for these guys, get them some rest on the sideline, calls for it. I think uh, looking mainly at Tyler Batty's position, essentially that def- the strong side defensive end, they used to call it the SDE, uh, the strong defensive end. I think you can see a guy like Blake Mangelson really take an uptick in his ability this year. Six foot five, 260 pounds, almost a carbon copy of what Tyler Batty is, albeit just a little bit lighter. He is a junior as well, coming in from Juab High School, has been a walk-on with the BYU football program, has had his moments uh, in BYU's defense, and has been a key part of the rotation for BYU, but the hope is he'll be able to take on a bigger role this year for BYU, and if not, I think the other b- name to keep an eye on, or excuse me, two names to keep an eye on, include Nuletau Selison, who is a transfer from uh, Weber State. We've talked about him a little bit. Six foot one, 247 pounds. Throughout spring camp, he was an absolute terror with the second and third string units, absolutely making plays in the backfield, tackles for loss and the like. Will that translate over to playing first string uh, type reps against BYU and opposing teams' best lineups? Only time will tell, but he's going to have his opportunity to show what he's capable of during training camp. Another transfer from Weber State also joins him in Logan Latui, a former walk-on himself from Weber State. He is six foot one, 255 pounds, and actually had a pretty good start to last season for BYU on defense. Actually got the start, if you recall, I believe against Oregon. Might have been his uh, first career start, if I recall correctly, for the BYU football program. At six foot one, 255 pounds, he and Acelosin lack the ideal height you want for your defensive ends. That's more of what Mangelson and Batty have at six five, but both of them are wide bodies who are capable of making plays in the backfield. That's the hope that those four guys can hold down that quote-unquote strong side of BYU's defensive end alignment. Now, opposite of that, I look at five bodies competing for playing time, two of which I think I'm very, well, I'm not thinking, I'm very excited to finally see in a BYU uniform. I already mentioned Isaiah Banya. I think he is the day one starter just simply due to the fact he has proven himself at the FBS level already. Now, the other names to keep an eye on include Bodie Schoonover. Now, Schoonover was a guy that was a little bit of a tweener coming out of high school at American Fork. We all kind of wondered, is he going to play defensive end or will he uh, play linebacker for BYU? Well, as it stands, he's listed at defensive end at six four, 245 pounds. And I have to say, I have seen my fair share of return missionaries coming into the BYU football program. Not many of them looked as cut and as in shape as a guy like Bodie Schoonover did the second he enrolled at BYU last year. He spent the entirety of last season kind of working his way up the depth chart, learning the ins and outs and intricacies of BYU's defense and saw some spot uh, game action for BYU, but the hope is this year he can go out and prove himself because, like I said, he has got just this this chiseled frame. You look at a guy like Bodie Schoonover, he gets off the school bus, and you're like, okay, that's a dude. That's a dude you want to see out there on the football field, and the hope is that he can live up to that, to, to, to that ability. The other name behind Isaiah Banya, who I think we're waiting to finally break out, is Isaiah Moa. Now, uh, Moa is a defensive end at 6'3", 245 pounds, former four-star prospect coming into BYU by way of Weber High School. The, the hope is that you finally will realize his potential because he has it in spades. He has got every single gift you could possibly want for a defensive end. It's all really up at this point to Isaiah for putting it all together and then going out there and showing what he's capable of. At minimum, I think that BYU has a very nice top three at defensive end, and I have not even brought up the two other brothers that are playing at this position who I think could make a factor this year. Those would be the Daly brothers. Michael Daly, a six foot three, 235 235-pound defensive end, uh, obviously from Lone Peak High School, now a sophomore with the BYU football program. 
program. And then, of course, the guy that BYU fans have been hoping to see for years now, John Henry Daly, obviously also out of Lone Peak High School, recently returned from a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He is the tallest of these guys we're calling the hybrid defensive end role. At six foot five, 225 pounds. The only problem I have with John Henry returning so recently from a mission and obviously training camp starting in uh, less than two weeks' time is he will he really be able to go day one in training camp? I highly, highly doubt that. I think he is very much a redshirt candidate this year for BYU. And then come the tail end of the season, when maybe he's starting to get himself back into shape a little bit, you throw him into some of these games. He has the four games he can use as a redshirt. And then he goes out and shows he's capable of building towards hopefully a bigger role in 2024 and beyond for the BYU football program. So looking at it with regards to the defensive ends, I think you have two headliners and this is kind of the question I have about this unit is I think you have got two very established guys. Speaking of Tyler Batty and Isaiah Banya, who I think against Sam Houston state are going to be your day one guys for the BYU football program. The question is behind that, how much quality depth actually is there? It's based on potential. I think it's all there. I think there's lots of bodies who could play big roles for BYU in this defense. The question will be, can they realize that potential? I, I talked about that with Isaiah Moa. It's the same thing for a guy like Bodie Schoonover. As I said, Bodie Schoonover looks every bit the part of an elite pass rush defensive end type. The question is, can he realize what he's capable of and go out and put it together during training camp? That's the biggest thing. Is you, the defensive ends for BYU, you want nothing more as a Cougar fan. And trust me, I hear it from you guys. I've heard it from you guys for the past three or four years in particular, you want to see an improved pass rush. And we've heard from the coaches, well, philosophically, we're, we're more about controlling uh, the ball, keeping it in front of us, and obviously waiting for the opposing team to make a mistake. That's not the philosophy with Jay Hill. Jay Hill is going to require these defensive ends to hone their craft as pass rushers, create havoc in the pocket, and get after the opposing quarterback. Make plays in the backfield. Tackle that uh, running back when that ball's handed off. He wants nothing more than for his front four, and that includes the defensive tackles that we will highlight here in, in another a few days. He wants those guys to go out and prove themselves every single day out there on the football field, and he will require it of them. If they hope to play this year, speaking of any of these bodies, whether it's John Henry Daly, uh, Tyler Batty, Blake Mangelson, anybody I have mentioned previously on these defensive ends, you have to prove it every day in practice because Jay Hill, the one thing I know about Jay is he requires discipline but also fanatical effort. I know it's a Bronco Mendenhall term, but he absolutely requires it of his defensive players. He showed it during his time at Utah. He showed it uh, for for the past nine years at Weber State, putting together some of the best FCS defenses we have seen in quite some time. He wants nothing more than for these defensive ends to live up to the hype and the potential and become the forces off the edge that BYU fans want them to be. The question ultimately will will lie with these players. And if the guys behind, I think what I said, Isaiah Banyan and Tyler Batty, can the other bodies step up and create a formidable unit for BYU at defensive end? Or will they have to go back to the drawing board, maybe hit the transfer portal to find bodies that truly can get after the quarterback uh, in 2024 and beyond? It's a big question, obviously one that's going to be answered hopefully early on in training camp and obviously early on in the season. But unfortunately, the, the answers really don't come until you see these guys actually getting after it in full pads, going up against, in the case of training camp, against their own teammates, and then against Sam Houston State, Southern Utah, and on down the line, getting you re- getting in to the 2023 football season. But the, the simple hope is that BYU can have an improved pass rush because if they don't, we've all seen the results of the past two seasons in particular, and they were were not pretty, and BYU needs a far, 
far better pass rush than they have absolutely they've endured, I guess is the easiest way to say it, over the past couple of years. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will take a look at defensive ends, talking with Tyler Batty, getting some of his thoughts on uh, media days as he was one of the five BYU players taken uh, down to the festivities down there in Arlington, Texas. He has a one-word answer when I asked him about the improvement on pass rush. You're going to like it, I think. We'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times back your first bet amount in bonus bets, my friends. That's up to $200 back in bonus bets. The best part is all you got to do is bet 20 bucks. you land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. Even if you lose your first bet, you're still getting that money back. That's $200 you can spend on betting from everything from the money line to the over-under to who might hit the first home run in any given game you happen to be interested in with Major League Baseball. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid out instantly from our friends at FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. That's get up to $200 back in those bonus bets by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now to get started today. It's all courtesy of your friends over at FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we flip back over to the offense. We're going to talk BYU wide receivers. Obviously a position group that has got three headliners, two transfers into the program, but beyond that, some question marks. I'll also catch up with Cody Epps. I had a chance to talk with him also at Big 12 Media Days. You'll hear all of that on tomorrow's podcast, so stay tuned. Uh, for our Wednesday edition of Locked on Cougars. All right, time to let you guys hear from Tyler Batty. Had a great chat with this young man. Like I said, it just barely. I think he's got all the potential to become an absolute star for BYU in this new defense. Obviously, he's got to get it uh, under his belt uh, in terms of the terminology, the philosophy, the scheme, and all that stuff. But the nice part is I think he is absolutely going to be unshackled in this new defense and should be able to play more to his strengths as a true defensive end than what he's being asked to do the past two years as a, a pseudo-defensive tackle. It's what it was for him. He was two-gapping. It just was not conducive to him playing the type of football I think he's capable of playing. I am as high on Tyler Batty's ability as anybody, and I've seen that I've said that and I've seen it since day one since he enrolled at BYU after his mission. This is a kid who's got all the ability out there in the world to be an impact player for BYU and a guy that I think they very much need to have an impact season this year on defense for them in their first foray into Big 12 action. But we'll have to kind of wait and see how he's capable of doing it. But I had a great chance to catch up with him at Big 12 Media Days last week. Here you go. Here's that conversation on Locked on Cougars. How's it feel to be here officially? Awesome, man. This is no, this is awesome. This is incredible. Uh, it's been a lot of fun thus far today, and uh, yeah, look forward to the rest of the day and what's going on. But it's cool being here with the rest of the teams, and it's 
yeah, cool being here associated with a conference. So, does it feel really real now that it's actually at Media Day and like you guys are no, you're less than 50 days away from kicking this thing off? Yeah, absolutely. You know, walking walking in here today and just seeing, you know, all the different teams and whatnot and uniforms up all on the stage. It was like, oh man, no, this is this is our new conference. Yeah. <laughs> is the dream to come back here and play in a conference championship game? Absolutely, of course. Now, obviously, you're looking forward to this upcoming season. How do you feel Jay Hill's done with this new defense and your role in it? Uh, awesome. Yeah. It's again, it's been a big, it's been a big change for us, right? And then what we've, what we're used to, and what we've ran in the past. Um, but, but Coach Hill is awesome, um, and uh, he's really, you know, he's got the guys behind him, and then that's. You know, they trust him, they believe in him and in the system that we're running. And so um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really stoked. Coach Papinga, I think, is your position coach. Mm -hmm. What's he been like so far? Uh, I love Coach Papinga. He's a, he's a stud. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot of fun. Um, and he loves to get after it. And so I, I feel like I share that, you know, with him. It's just kind of, you know, that intensity. And we just, we just love to get after it and, you know, love football. And so it's been a lot of fun working with him and, and learning. I've learned a ton from him in the short time that he's been here. And so that's been awesome. Does he ever talk about his time playing at BYU with you guys at all? Yeah, yeah. And it'll come up. It'll come up occasionally. <laughs> it'll come up occasionally. And and, uh, and so it's, it's fun, you know, to, for someone like him to have connections at BYU and to be able to come back, mm -hmm. you know, after a few years away you know it's cool for him and it's cool for us as well because you know we know who he is right haven't been him having been here before and you know we hear all the legends of the great you know coach Papinga so okay does he ever talk about his brother Brady at all you're, you're... Uh, uh he's mentioned him a couple times okay nothing, yeah nothing those crazy. are two wild men right there. yeah 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 again like, like I said the legends the legends yeah. so now, obviously, you're going. You're an upperclassman now. You're one of the leaders on this team, as evidenced by you being down here. What do you expect of yourself going into this upcoming season? Um, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna give it what we have. You know, we're gonna give it everything we have. Uh, and so, um, I'm I'm super excited. Again, like I mentioned uh, before, again, we have a great team. We have a lot of really good guys. Um, great scheme, offensively, defensively. Um, and so I'm just doing everything I can to prepare to, to help our team succeed this fall. Will there be an improved pass rush in your mind? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I like that. I like that answer. Before you even answer, last thing for me: How excited are you to be a part? You mentioned you're part of a conference. How excited are you to, be to play the big time, playing the Big Twelve? I'm super stoked. Again, I think we have a we have an amazing competition in this conference, and uh, I'm excited to get to know these other programs, their players, and uh, compete with them. There you go, Tyler Batty. You heard him before I even got the question out of my mouth. Absolutely. That was the answer when I asked about an improved pass rush. This is a guy who I think, frankly, he's sick of the questions. Honestly, I think I think he I think he was sick of people asking him that question. I was probably the 15th person who had asked him probably that day about an improved pass rush for BYU. But I appreciate the abruptness and the, the confidence he had with that answer. He said, absolutely no hesitation. Like I said, before I even got the question completely out of my mouth, he knew it was coming. He answered it. And uh, I look forward to seeing what he's capable of doing for BYU. And I think he's a great representative of what BYU has on and off the football field. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's capable of doing on the gridiron this fall for BYU as they begin play in the Big 12 Conference. So once again, big thank you to uh, Tyler Batty for joining in the show and we'll be rooting him on this fall and uh, hopefully uh, seeing him break out and really show what he's capable of with the BYU 
BYU defense under Jay Hill's direction. All right, coming up here in just a minute, finish out today's show with another look back at some of the games in BYU's independent history. Our run through all 155 of those games. We talk about two of them in the 2020 season. I had I had a hard time separating, uh, so we're gonna just do them back to back, and we'll talk about both of those as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Now, obviously, you guys are big uh, fans of the podcast. If you're listening uh, this long into the show, I know this. Uh, we, we the, the metrics bear it out. But nonetheless, if you guys have not done so already, please enter to win. We're giving away a signed Jaron Hall football as a grand prize. It's part of a, kind of our subscriber buildup uh, towards the season. If you have not entered to win already, please email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com uh, with your email. and uh, Not your email address. I already have that. I already have that on file if you email us. But please send us a screenshot of you being subscribed to the show, particularly if you're uh, listening and or watching it on YouTube. Even if you plan on listening to it on Apple Podcasts or any one of the myriad of other podcast providers out there, if you don't mind going to YouTube, subscribing to the show, it really helps the metrics out there, helps the algorithms that YouTube uses, Google uses, uh, to recommend it to other folks out there. And I can't thank you guys enough for the support. It really makes a huge difference when you guys interact with the show. Comments, liking the show on YouTube, uh, enabling notifications, Obviously, uh, leaving ratings and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, everything you guys can do to help build this audience is much appreciated, and uh, we'll be doing our best to reward you guys. So once again, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Let us know you're subscribed by sending us a screenshot. Be entered to win that grand prize of the Jaron Hall football. We got, we'll got we have other winners as well who I'll be giving out uh, BYU gear to and love nothing more than to reward you guys out there in Cougar Nation for your loyalty and your support of the podcast. All right, before we go on today's show, we talked yesterday about yesterday about the season opener for BYU in 2020. It was a weird year. We all know this. Dealing with COVID complications, BYU gets a dominant win over Navy. But unfortunately, on the way back from that road trip, had an outbreak of COVID-19 on the team. It necessitated the, the postponement of a game against Army that is still to this day not been made up. BYU is supposed to make the trip uh, back to West Point to play Army in this game. If I'm not mistaken, that uh, they had a return game scheduled uh, for tw- the early 2030s. It might have been 2030 on the ahead. That game, to my knowledge, has not been canceled yet. If, I, if I'm mistaken on that, please let me know. Please uh, hit me up in the messages, or uh, just let me know that I'm wrong about that. But nonetheless, uh, that game was postponed, and BYU finally, after nearly three weeks off, got their second game under their belt, and that was a game they had their home opener against the Troy Trojans. Now, this was a completely bonkers game, because many of you might recall that 2020 season, most of these games were played in front of very few, if not zero fans. It was just eerily silent in Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, to hear uh, there was nothing going on in the stadium. That's the thing about this. It was absolutely crazy to see very few fans. There were, I think, just mainly administrators, uh, some family and friends maybe out there in the stands watching BYU in an otherwise empty stadium. But nonetheless, BYU went out and took care of business. They absolutely trounced Troy 48-7 to to improve to 2-0. Three weeks off did not uh, affect BYU at all and did not affect Zach Wilson. 23 of 27, 
392 yards, two touchdowns in the win for BYU. He also had two rushing touchdowns to make it four total touchdowns. Mason Wake had two rushing touchdowns for BYU. They just absolutely trounced the Trojans. It was 24-7 at halftime. Then BYU tacked on another 24 in the back half, uh, the second half of the game uh, to run away with this one. It got to 2-0. and BYU was ranked number 18 at the time. And all of a sudden, there was just this, this hype started to build around BYU. Only two games in the season. Now, that hype, I think, came a little bit because of the fact that BYU is one of few teams out there who was advocating to play as many games as possible. Getting uh, teams like Troy to come to Provo was a big opportunity for them. But BYU absolutely showed what they were capable of. And By the way, the other thing about this is this 2020 season, we cannot discount how good this defense was. Now, we all know that the entirety of the season was played against no Power 5 opponents. So, obviously, that's going to help your defense look a little bit better. But this BYU defense in 2020 was very, very impressive, and there's still key pieces of BYU's team to this day that are still on the squad. Michael Harper, for example, in this Troy game, was BYU's second-leading tackler as a true freshman. Seven total tackles, half a tackle for loss, three of those solo. Very nice performance for him, and that's the thing about this is there are many guys who uh, still have that pedigree in them, and the hope is that this new defense this year for BYU can unlock that in them. And the following week, BYU welcomed Louisiana Tech on a Friday night to Lavelle Edwards Stadium similar circumstance. Many of you might recall these games, they would walk like over to like the hash marks and wave at each other after the game. Was such, this 2020 season, I thinking back on it, so weird, so bonkers, but at the same time, everybody was trying to figure out what was going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, the following week, BYU did a similar thing they did to Detroit, absolutely just dominating Louisiana Tech 45-14. to Zach Wilson followed up a, a four-incompletion performance, which is two in this game, 24 of 26 passing, 325 yards, two touchdowns. He also had three rushing touchdowns in this game for five total of BYU's touchdowns. Tyler Algier had the other one with 10 carries for 93 yards. Absolutely masterful performances from BYU. They're up 28 to seven at the end of the first half, uh, and then uh, they scored. I believe it wasn't it. I think it was 31 unanswered in the middle two quarters, just to run away as BYU had dropped in the rankings. Funny enough, coming into this game after beating Troy to 22nd in the country, but then they were three and zero on the season. And this after this game against Louisiana Tech. I had a person that I uh, trust with much more with their NFL evaluations, and we were just kind of going back and forth, talking about how weird the 2020 season. I said, "Hey, by the way, Zach Wilson." Uh, with the performances he's put on the past two weeks. So this is the following week leading up to a game we'll talk about tomorrow on the show against UTSA. Maybe uh, sneakily one of the toughest games of the entirety of the 2020 season we'll talk about on tomorrow's podcast. But we were talking in the week leading up to that game, and he said, hey, by the way, keep an eye on Zach Wilson. They're starting to uh, generate some draft chatter around him. And I said, okay, what does that mean? Is he like a mid-round pick? And I said, yeah, probably. But uh, they're, they're, the nice part is NFL scouts are starting to notice this kid. They're, they're, they're starting to dig into his film. And obviously, when you have six incompletions across two home games and you're 3-0 out of the gate in the 2020 season, obviously people are going to start to pay no- pay notice to you. And obviously with the lack of other teams playing, Zach Wilson got a platform that he benefited from greatly. But uh, the hype was just really beginning for Zach Wilson and obviously for BYU in the 2020 season. And as I mentioned, we'll talk about a UTSA game that in some ways I think may have launched a little bit of a, of a run here that UTSA has enjoyed since then. But we'll talk about BYU in that game against the Roadrunners coming up on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the show. A 
big thank you to all of you for being our first, making it your first listen of the day. And thank you to all of you for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you guys all having a fantastic day. Hope you guys find, find you well, frankly. Hope you have a fantastic summer. Staying cool out there. I know it's hot, clear across the country, even here along the Wasatch Front. But nonetheless, we'll be back tomorrow with more on BYU, talking BYU wide receivers. So until then, have a great rest of your day, evening, or morning, whenever you happen to watch and or listen to this. And we will talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.